Welcome to Sisters Inc., our podcast for and about women business owners, brought to you by Black Enterprise. I'm your host, Elisa Gums. Black women are the fastest growing group of entrepreneurs in America. And on every episode of Sisters Inc., we'll sit down with one successful CEO and share how she slays the challenges of being a Black woman in business. Today's episode is all about patenting your designs. We're chatting with engineer turned handbag designer, Sherelle Mosey, founder and CEO of Minky Blue, a patented line of bags that blend fashion and function to help busy women stay organized no matter what their day holds. Welcome to Sisters Inc., Sherelle, and thanks so much for sitting down with us. Thank you. I'm super excited to be able to share my story today. So thank you so much for having me. In the intro, I mentioned that you're an engineer turned handbag designer. What led you to study engineering? Oh, wow. Okay, that's a long story, but I'm going to tell you the short end of it. Um, I actually, growing up, I wanted to become the first African-American astronaut. And when I graduated from high school, um, I was trying to figure out how do I, what field I need to go in to, to study that. And I sat down with my counselor and he said, aerospace engineering. Now, I really had no idea what engineering was. Uh, but as soon as he said it, he, I said, are you sure? What is this? All of this is about. And he said, that's what you need to study to be an uh, astronaut. And so I went off to college, like really naive <laughs> as to what this whole thing was about. And I signed up as my major for aeronautical engineering. Um, and that's how I got into engineering. But the story kind of switched along the way. But that, that was my dream to become the first African-American astronaut. Now, I will say Dr. Mae Jameson actually was the first African-American astronaut. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you you did work as an engineer for almost 10 years, but then you yeah. founded and ran um, a nonprofit, which is what you were doing just before you became an entrepreneur. So what was the origin of Minky Blue? Yeah, so I worked um, for a large aerospace company for a number of years and then I was laid off and I was, you know, really wanted to do something different. Um, and start. Then I started a nonprofit organization while I was in transition, looking for something else. Um, I started this nonprofit organization called Family Care Solutions, and it was all about uh, providing childcare scholarships to low-income single moms in college. I just remember growing up my, in a single household and my mom not really being able to afford to take care of everything. And I knew education was important. And so I wanted to be able to support other uh, women, young women who were brilliant, but couldn't afford the childcare and go to school. And so I offered the childcare scholarships. Um, and then over a number of years, we supported about 500 student parents, including men, by paying for their childcare so they can graduate and earn a college degree. Now, while I was working with the moms, I would see them come in struggling with their diaper bag, their book bag. And I was like, wait a minute, <laughs> I'm taking the train into the city and I'm struggling with my laptop and my lunch bag and my purse. 
and I'm looking around on the train and I'm looking around and I'm like, all of these women got two or three bags. Um, and so I started thinking about it, but that's how I started with this whole idea of this functional bag. And what was the process like for you from the time you first had that idea for this functional bag to having something that you could actually sell? So you mean the idea from going from the concept? Yeah. So, you know, we talked a little bit about bags and how you met so many different companies that have handbags. I knew that if I wanted to get into this business, I needed something to differentiate my bag from everything else at the, on the market because there's so much to choose from. And they're pretty much similar with the exception of design and style. And I needed a differentiator. And so when I started thinking about this bag and thinking about the, the problems that I was having and carrying two or three bags, because I wanted to take, I wanted to wear my flats and then take my heels or, you know, a more dressier shoe to the office. But I was putting that in a plastic grocery bag and then taking that bag and putting it in my tote bag. And then you have fruit and you're mixed in your bag. So it's all a mess. So everything is just mixed in a bag. And you're always digging, trying to find your keys, your phone, and it's just frustrating. So I wanted a bag where I could organize and separate everything that I needed for the day in that one bag. And so for me, my differentiator was about putting a shelf <laughs> in the middle of the bag. So that is unheard of. And uh, so I started doing some research to see if it was anything like it on the market. And I had a shelf. I'm going to show you. Can I show you my bag? Cause of course. Kind of... <laughs> so just so that, because I'm explaining, but it's hard to get um, the visual of it. Um, and so this is one of my bags. This is called the Nyla tote bag. This is the Nyla tote. And the process for me, because I don't sew, I can't draw, but I had to visually take that idea from my head and, and make it into this bag. So this shelf, right? This is my shelf. This is my differentiator that I wanted to be able to separate my purse essentials on the top. And then I wanted to be able to put my shoes. Now this is the back of the bag. So I wanted to be able to separate and put my shoes on the bottom or my lunch. So I designed this bag where you have this little pop-out bag here. Now I could put my lunch in here. I could put my makeup or my toiletries in here. When I'm not using this bag, I'm going to put my shoes in here. So no more plastic grocery bag. It does come with a shoe bag. <laughs> but I can put my a change of clothes in here. So it's a great travel bag. But the thing of it is, the differentiator is that I'm separating all of that at the bottom, my shoes, my lunch, my change of clothes from my purse essentials with the shelf on the top part of the bag. And then I have this spot for my laptop. So this will fit up to a 15 inch laptop. So it's all think, um, it's really thinking about the problem that we're experiencing and coming up with a solution, a differentiator 
from everything else on the market. Now the patent comes into place is, is this well, before show? you get to the patent, I want to ask you because you just said, you know, you had this great idea and of course yeah. you have the engineering background, but you said you don't draw, you don't sew. And so, you know, what was that idea? Like the, if you could walk us through when you were trying to create this, you had this idea, how did you get to a prototype and how did you get to a, a an actual bag yeah. that you could sell. Because I don't draw or sew, I had to figure out how am I going to take this idea, this concept from my head and make this bag that I envisioned. Uh, and so what I decided to do, again, because I don't sew, I don't draw, is I went to Target <laughs> and I bought a bag of the same shape and size, a $29.90 bag, of the same shape and size of what I had envisioned in my head. And I literally started cutting it up. So this is my target bag that I bought. And so I had that idea, you know, for the shoes and the lunch bag. So I literally just started cutting this up. Wow. And um, again, I don't sew, but this was my lunch bag. This was my lunch bag made out of just fabric and cardboard and staples and tape. And I said, okay, this could be my lunch bag and that'll go in there. And then I could put my shoes in the bottom here and I'm going to close that up. And then that divider on the top part, I have Velcro right here. And so I put a cardboard here <laughs> and then I said, okay, that's going to be my divider because my purse essentials are going to go on the top. So this was my prototype. Wow. A lot of people will come up with an idea and they want to go straight to let me get it made. Well, really, you got to figure out the kinks and get, you know, the, the situation with your prototype fixed first before you can go to manufacturing. So you can see how I went from my prototype to this stylish bag, but it started off like this. It really started like that, but it's, it's a process. So now I didn't go from this to this automatically. I had to, you know, develop my skills. I had to learn designing a bag. So there have been some bags beforehand as like, uh, I look back now, I'm like, mm, no, no, no. But now I'm really proud of what I've accomplished over the years with this design of this bag. Yes. And, you know, when you say it, it, it makes it sound all nice and neat. But I know that jump from prototype to, to this actual bag, there was fundraising in the middle of it. There was learning, as you said, there was figuring out manufacturing clearly. I mean, was that a big learning curve for you? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because you're trying to figure out, I mean, where do you go to get a bag manufactured? Um, you know, the fundraising. So the process for me initially was doing crowdfunding. So I did a um, Kickstarter campaign. Uh, my family and friends helped with that. Um, I had a little bit of savings. So it's all of that in the beginning of the business. And then Finding a manufacturer, the first manufacturer that um, 
made my bags, I received 30% defective bags. So I lost a lot of money in the beginning part of this journey. And it was enough for anybody, including myself, to say, I can't do this because I don't have any more money. I don't have the experience. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm going to stop. Um, and so those were, it was a lot of challenges and obstacles in the beginning part of this journey. Yeah. You mentioned the patent and I do want to, to get into that um, because that process is, is so confusing and intimidating for a lot of people. Minky Blue yeah. holds two utility patents. So first of all, tell us what exactly that means. So utility patent um, is all about the functionality of a product. And it is something that nobody else has, I won't say come up with, because we all come up with similar ideas, but we don't execute on them. We won't do them. So it's the first patent for this shelf in the middle of the bag that um, nobody else has come up with because they'll do a search. They'll do a, a worldwide search, specifically in the U.S., to see if there's anything on the market. And when the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office can't find it, and they're doing three years, it takes three years to be awarded a patent or maybe more. And so a utility patent is all about the functionality and being the first to market with the product idea. Now, not everyone who creates a product um, gets a patent um, and not everyone who creates a patent even tries to get a patent. Why did you decide to pursue patenting your designs? Um, because again, it was all about the functionality. I actually did a little bit of research myself to see if there was anything on the market. When I couldn't find anything, I was thinking, could, would, is this patentable? Um, and when I found out that it could potentially be, I just decided that I was going to apply. You just, you never know, you never know with the patent. And so I, again, wanted to be able to hold this as leverage in the market to be able to have the patent, um, so that nobody else could use it or copy it. Uh, and, and I'm actually, uh, smiling right now because I am being infringed on my patent. But be, yeah, yeah, I'm being infringed on my patent today. Um, but because I have a patent, I can now go after the infringers. Um, and so I'm in agreement, a contract with, let's see, we have four suppliers that are using my patents that I've decided that I'm going to allow you to use it, but you have to pay me a licensing fee. So I'm using, I'm taking advantage of having my patent. So I collect royalty fees and licensing fees for um, suppliers that are using my patent. So that's, okay. that's a huge advantage of having a patent. Yeah. I just, I wanted to underscore that because, you know, I think that you know, there's there's like a certain cachet, of course, to owning a patent. Um, and in marketing, you can differentiate differentiate yourself and say, you know, we have this patented product, but people don't always talk about the very tangible benefits of yeah. having a patent, and it is directly affecting your bottom line. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Because if you're using my patent, if you're infringing of it, that means you're taking away my sales because you're developing this product that functions like my product. And so if I learn about that now, because I have a patent, I can go after that, um, that supplier, that maker or that business. Yeah. In addition to licensing um, your patent to other suppliers who are interested in doing something similar. So yeah. you don't just make money off of the products that you directly create, but because of the patent, you're able to make additional money. That's what I'm talking about. That's how you do it. <laughs> That's how you do it. You mentioned that getting the patent was a, a three-year-long process. So it's not something that's particularly um, simple to do. How did you go about applying for your patents and what kind of help did you enlist along the way? So initially, I started doing my own research and I studied patents and I learned how to apply for a provisional patent. A provisional patent can be the first step for uh, towards applying for your regular patent, if you will. The provisional patent will give you 12 months to kind of test out your concept, to go to manufacturing, to sell it with the caveat of saying patent pending. And, but you have 12 months. So when that 12 months is before that 12 months end, then you apply for the patent. Um, and so at that point, I hired a patent attorney to actually apply for my patent. So that was my process. Okay. And uh, finding the patent attorney, much like finding any um, professional that you use as a small business owner, uh, is not always the easiest thing. Did you have particular recommendations? Did you get some kind of coaching or mentoring around the patent process? Yeah, you know, um, in my studies, I wanted to study uh, patent attorneys who have been awarded or uh, who worked on bags. So I found a boutique patent law firm who actually got a patent for a woman for a handbag. So that's who I chose. And it happened to be in my city. The law firm happened to be in my city. So I just, you know, just through my research, I was able to find that particular patent. So you want to find a, a patent attorney within your industry to help you with the, with the patent. Wow. Um, you've clearly learned so much about the process, not just um, the patent process, but bringing uh, an idea to reality, a product to market. You've even launched your own consulting company, Startup by Faith, to coach new entrepreneurs about how they can get their ideas to market. What's the most common challenge you see with them? And what advice do you give them for it? Yeah, so we, um, the, the uh, course is, the platform is called um, Innovate, Build, Launch. You did a little switch there. But I think the most challenging thing with working with other entrepreneurs is first getting past the fear, um, the fear of failure, the fear of what if this doesn't work. Um, the, it's the mindset. It really is about the mindset because it's something new. 
It's something that we're trying for the first time in anything that we do, whether we're going back to school or we're buying a house or a car, there's a process that takes place in your mind that you have to come to the, the determination that, yes, this is what I'm going to do. So it's a, you know, it's the getting the mind ready to say, yes, I'm going to pursue this idea because it's a long journey. So trying to get through all of that, but I think the advantage, well, not think, I know the advantage of working with somebody that has already been through the process. Like I'm moving you fast forward two to three years. So I've made the mistakes. I made all the failures. So I'm going to help you to alleviate all of it. Like, I'm going to tell you all of that. No, let's don't do it this way. Cause it didn't work, the, you know, with me. So, um, but the first thing is the mindset and getting past all of the fears and the doubts and the things of that nature to be successful. Yeah. So one of the things that I'm always so impressed uh, about when I speak with black women entrepreneurs or aspiring entrepreneurs, we, are so creative, we're so resourceful, um, and so often we've got these great ideas in our heads or we have new solutions to common problems, but we don't know how to go from you know, having that idea in our head to uh, making it a reality. What is the first thing that you would suggest someone do? After they get over the fear, when they're ready you know, to move forward, what's their first step? Um, it's research. It's research in your industry uh, because that's that's once you start doing the research, you're going to start reading and learning, and that's going to take you so many different places. And then the the next thing is taking that. Actually, this could be before your research, but getting that idea out of your head. So, like me, draw it out the best way you can. It doesn't have to look pretty. It just has to be functional. How you would see things when I draw is circles and squares. So I'm just putting it on pieces of paper um, the best way you can. And then if you have that product, I always tell people you don't have to run off and get somebody to uh, make it for you. You can make your own prototype. As a matter of fact, one of the first lessons in my course is that, you know, how when we were younger and we were in elementary school, we had the science project. We had to make it ourselves. We wouldn't, you know, our moms and dad wouldn't go off and buy a bunch of stuff. We would look around the house and see what we had. We might go to the dollar store, see what we could buy, but we don't need to spend a lot of money making the prototype. So I encourage people to get it out your head, draw it out the best way you can, and then make your own sample from what you have around the house or the dollar store or craft store or whatever. We have seen the beginning of your business literally here with the prototype, but I want people to understand how far that you have come. Minky Blue has been in business for almost 10 years now. Your products are sold at Macy's. Um, and you've done so much as an entrepreneur. You won a reality show called America's Big Deal. Um, you won the Philadelphia Pitch Competition for Black Girls Ventures. You've been part of the Philadelphia Fashion Incubator, the workshop at Macy's. Um, over these past 10 years, while you have been doing so much, what's the biggest lesson that you've learned about being an entrepreneur? Being flexible 
not being limited. Don't limit yourself because there's the, so many possibilities and we never know what we can do unless we try. So never put limits on yourself. As a matter of fact, I'm going to actually go back to Dr. Mae Jameson of one of my favorite quotes where she says, never limit yourself because of others' limited imaginations and never limit others because of your own limited imaginations. And that's that's what it is all about. Thank you so much, Sherelle, for sharing your small business success story. Everyone out there, please take a look at the company website, minkyblue.com. That's M-I-N-K-E-E, blue like the color, dot com. And you can also follow them on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at minkyblue. Check out the podcast channel on blackenterprise.com to find Sisters Inc. and other podcasts from Black Enterprise editors, writers, and experts. Be sure to subscribe to Sisters Inc. on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or YouTube. And if you like what you hear, show us some love by leaving a five-star review or put a sister on by spreading the word. I'm Elisa Gums with Sisters Inc. for Black Enterprise. Thank you for listening. <laughs>